This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Everybody say praise the Lord. Let's turn to the book of Ephesians, chapter number 6. Um, this is, um, again, I will not explore this topic completely. There's a lot of things in Scripture, but I want to give us some principles tonight that, um, that will help us in our walk with God. How many like to grow in the Lord? All right. How many like, um, you, how many ever feel like your flesh stops you from growing in the Lord? Come on now, right? Our flesh puts up roadblocks that keeps us from growing in the Lord. And I, uh, I've taught the last few weeks and off and on, and I've talked about the Spirit of God moving and our flesh gets up and away and keeps it from really getting to our identity. And this is really what's going on. Ephesians chapter number 6, and um, let's go to verse number 12. Many of us can probably... You know what, start at verse number 10, uh, because I think that more context will be given if we start a few verses earlier. Verse number 10, finally, my brethren, everybody say finally. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That tells me if you don't have armor, you can't stand. Many, many Christians are walking around with no armor. Or then you're, I guess you could say so-called Christians. Um, Christians that are walking around with no armor uh, because if you don't have the proper armor, then you can't resist um, the devil. Um, for we wrestle not against, verse number 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness, in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, have your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation, uh, preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all fiery darts with the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And let's just read through verse number 20. And for me, that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. You cannot speak boldly without the armor of God. This scripture in this context is very powerful because it really teaches us what we're fighting against and how to be prepared for that fight and then what is the outcome if you do arm yourself. Um, so with this scripture in mind, and we're going to probably come back to verse number 12, um, and let's just read that again because I want you to um, kind of put it in your, in your mind. So do I have a, another reader that would be, ha- would be happy to read verse number 12 again for me? All right, it's just Calhoun. 
Everybody say spiritual wickedness. There are spirits that are not of God in this world. Okay? Um, I, I feel that a lot of times in our church services, to be honest with you. Um, we people may come up to pray or people will call me. And you can actually feel, I'm not saying somebody's de demon-possessed, but I, there, are spirits, there are spirits that will attach itself to our attitudes, our personality. Um, there are some people that have revel in the, um, the identity of, uh, you ever heard of a negative Nancy? There's nobody in here by the name Nancy, is there? I don't think we have anybody Nancy. Has anybody heard of somebody, she's just a negative Nancy or a Debbie Downer? Why they're all women names, I don't know. I don't know. This party started. With, is that what you said? That came from a woman's mouth here tonight. Um, but there are those things, and actually, you can get accustomed to being negative. You can become accustomed just to being, uh, being judgmental. Everything you do, just it comes out in a... And all of a sudden, you are in a place that you didn't see yourself getting there. But all of a sudden, you are in a place that you are judging folks or you're, you're measuring people. Um, or you, are in a, you see the negative before you see the positive. Um, and you don't, didn't predict yourself to get to that place. But um, I used this kind of a, in, a, in a message before. And I'm not, we're not going to turn it to the scripture. But there was a man that... That was uh, full of full of uh, the devil, and he was running naked through the streets, and he was beating himself, right? And he would uh, he he would he would cut himself. Now I will say this: that I don't think that man dreamed when he was a kid that one day, man, I really hope one day I can run through the streets naked. I don't think that that was a goal of his to think back sitting on the couch, maybe by the fire, say, you know what? Don, there's going to be a day that I'm going to run through the streets naked, cutting myself and hollering at people. Nobody dreams that. At least I hope, Brother God, we haven't dreamed that. There's, nobody dreams those things. When the prophets of Baal began to um, offer a sacrifice against the prophet, they, they didn't really... When they signed up to be a prophet of Baal, I, I don't think that they envisioned themselves, you know. Um, the fine print said, you're, you may have to cut yourself and, and, and you, you, you will act a fool. And um, um, you're going to be doing this and that. And um, if, if, if we saw the fine print of sin, we wouldn't sin a lot of times. Can I get an amen? Um, sometimes we... We, we allow certain spirits to get a hold of us, and we repent of those things quickly, but then all of a sudden it becomes something. It becomes familiar. Let me say familiar. And there are spirits in the Bible, and one of them is a familiar spirit. And that's kind of what I want to talk about tonight, is because some things that we have come accustomed to have become too familiar. And I think we have to recognize that in, when we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers and against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
So this is why the armor of God is very important, so that it protects our heart and our mind and our spirit from getting familiar with the things in the world. There was a, a one, uh, one man preached a message a long time ago and, uh, uh, when it comes to spirits, and he did not do a study at all on what a familiar spirit was, and it was pretty obvious because he was preaching that a familiar spirit was something of God, but it's not. Um, a familiar spirit uh, was, is something of sorcery. The Bible says, and we'll give you some examples um, in Second Kings. Um, let's just um, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter number eighteen first before we go to Second Kings. Deuteronomy um, eighteen eleven, and I'll let you turn there, and you can read them for me. Who got Deuteronomy eighteen eleven? Raise your hand if you got it, and all right. Uh, Emily, go ahead. Well, there you go, y'all. What's a familiar spirit? Somebody that talks to what? The dead? All right, 2 Kings 21, 6. And then 2 Chronicles 33 and 6. I need a volunteer for 2 Kings 21, 6 and 2 Chronicles 33, 6. Who's got the first one? Sword drill. See how fast you are. Okay, Brother Calhoun. All right, you're getting a pretty good clear of what a familiar spirit is. Uh, it is. It's witchcraft. That's what it is. All right, Second Corinthians or Second Chronicles, thirty-three six. Sounds like Second Kings, doesn't it? All right, let's go to Leviticus chapter number nineteen. And um, go to verse number. 31. This is kind of important in how we are to respond to those who are, have a familiar spirit that are enticed by these things. Um, verse number, let's start at verse number 30. And ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Thankful for that. Regard not that, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards. To be defiled of them or by them, I am the Lord your God. In other words, if somebody has a spirit on them, do not regard them. What does that mean, do not regard them? Somebody want to help me? Don't entertain it? Somebody else? We can read the King James and sometimes we can get kind of confused on the wording of how that's. Somebody got an ESV or another, another uh, version that you want to read from? Um, in verse number 31. So don't turn to them. Don't entertain them. Do not allow them to, uh, uh, let's say, approach them. Um, verse chapter number 19 in Leviticus. Now, I, I started reading um, a good portion uh, of a couple chapters in Leviticus. In fact, um, if you want to go with me back to, let's see, chapter number 18 of Leviticus, it began to talk about um, the law of sexual morality. Now, um, and it says that if a, if a, if a man's wife is uncovered and, and, and naked, that it, brings, it should bring shame or embarrassment to the man. 
fact, it says if your daughter or your daughter-in-law or if your, your, your wife's family or anybody else is found in that vulnerable place of being uncovered, it brings shame upon, upon the man. And it goes, it, it's quite a read in chapter number 18 and um, talks about, um, go to verse number, let's go to verse number 19 of Leviticus 18. And hang with me, we're getting somewhere. Neither shalt thou take a wife to her sister to vex her, to uncover her nakedness beside the other in her lifetime. Also, thou shalt not approach unto a woman to uncover her nakedness as long as she is put apart from her uncleanliness. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire of Molech Neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God, I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind, it is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Somebody say confusion. We notice here, let me just make a side note here, that child sacrifice homosexuality, and bestiality, bestiality is linked in all in the same. The Bible says um, there are many in this world that will say that it's okay, that love is love. That's just a bunch of hogwash, that they don't understand the word of God. In fact, homosexuality is dealt with and in the same sentence, if you will, as child sacrifice and bestiality. Bestiality. Now, if that doesn't disturb you, it, it should. That's how severe they looked at it. And his Bible goes on to say, it is confusion. At verse, number, um, uh, verse number 21, it says, Thou shalt not, not let any of thy seed pass through the fire of Molech, neither shall the profane name. In other words, don't waste your fruitfulness. Don't waste your fruitfulness. There are many things in our life that will cause us to waste our fruitfulness. One of the first things that God told Adam and Eve to do is go forth and you will multiply something in your life. It just depends on what you want to multiply. Chapter number 18, I know it is dealing with uh, sexual immorality and sexual morality. It is talking about those things. But I also want to say this, that, that you will multiply something in your life. It will be of a moral thing or an immoral thing. And when you allow familiar spirits to attach to your life, you will multiply immorality. Deducing spirits, if you will. Let's go to 1 Samuel, um, chapter number 27. I, I had it opened up here to 28, 27. Um, no, 28, sorry. 1 Samuel 28. Now, I have never taught on this subject before. I, I, will, I will confess that um, it's something I've never really, um, but as a pastor, I think it's different when you're an assistant pastor, an associate pastor, or a youth pastor. Uh, when you're a, a pastor of a church and you feel certain things, you, we need to address those things. Amen? <clears throat> so we're talking uh, about these things, and we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter number 28, and this is Saul. Now, Saul was God, 
was a given king to the children of Israel, chosen by who? But who wanted him? The children of Israel wanted him, right? Give us a good, strapping, strong man to be king. God says, you don't want a king. They say, yes, we do. They went into this argument. Well, he said, okay, you want a king? Samuel will anoint Saul to be, to be king. So we're here, and Saul is, um, uh, is king at this moment. David is on, on the scene. And it says that chapter number 28, verse number 1, and it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou shalt go out with me to battle, thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, he said, Surely thou shalt know what thy servant can do. And Achish said unto David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. And Samuel was uh, Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, even to his own city. And Saul had put away those that had, what? Test. The test was about to happen to Saul. He put away the people because God said, and I don't have the scripture right hand, but the Bible teaches us that if somebody is, goes into witchcraft or has a part of a familiar spirit and they allow that into their life, uh, they will be cut off. Their next generation could be cut off. So we, we read here, in the, and so the, Saul says, we're putting away all those all the familiar spirits. If you're a wizard, if you're a sorcerer, you are somebody in the land, you are out of here. You're gone. He had put, he had put all those away. Not sure the time frame of how long ago, but he had, those people were out of the city or out of the country. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched to Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, what happened? Here you get a little scared. What happens when we get scared and we, we, uh, uh, we're a little bit afraid of our circumstances? What should we do? Saul did it. What did he do? When he saw the host, he was afraid and his heart was greatly trembled. He inquired of the Lord. Here's the thing. Many of us will make that step, but something happened to Saul. The Lord didn't answer him. When God is silent, we probably should remain silent. Wait for the Lord to speak to us. We've prayed, you've prayed, you've prayed. But here's the thing. Too many of us get restless like Sarah did. We don't understand that God's hand is at work, but we haven't heard from God. So what did Saul do? Yes, he went to the Lord. He did the right thing. But he got frustrated at God, obviously, because the Lord didn't answer his prayer. He says, and when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by prophets. Samuel was dead. So Saul was, he said, Lord, God, where, where are you? Where, where, where are you at? What's, I'm not hearing anything. So then Saul said something unto his servants, verse number 7. Seek me a woman that hath a what? We're going, I'm going to get a word one way or another. Here's the thing. That many dang, it's a dangerous way to live. Is you can come to the Lord, you can set aside your life for God. You can put away the spirits, you can put away the attitudes, you can put away all those things that were in our past. 
God forgave those. God will seek, uh, has washed those things away. But the first time we don't hear from God, where do we run to? Back to the familiar spirit. That's what Saul did. He ran back to, he said, seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said unto him, behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit in Endor. They kept track of where they were. How about that? And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him and they came to the woman by night and said, I pray thee divine unto me uh, by the familiar spirit and bring him up whom I shall name unto thee. Basically what he was doing, he was wanting a word from Samuel. And he was going to do whatever it took to make sure that he heard from Samuel. You've got to be careful who you talk to and what you allow to speak into your life. I'm going to say that again. You've got to be careful who you allow to speak into your life. If God was silent, there's a reason why he's silent. If the Lord's not speaking to you right now and just remaining, remaining mum, if you will, or, or not, not speaking a word to give you directions, that means you need to stand fast and just hold your peace. See, the word familiar in the Latin is familiaris, meaning a household servant. And is intended to express the idea that sorcerers had spirits as their servants ready to obey their commands. Those attempting to contact the dead, even to this day, usually have some sort of spirit guide whom communicates with them. These are called familiar spirits. Spirits that are subject to a person's command. But let me tell you today, there are certain things you think that you have command, I, I, can, I can turn on having a good attitude. I, 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 I don't have to be jealous. I, I can turn those things on and off. But you think that you're in control of that familiar spirit, but you're really not. Because those things will come back up and will come back up. And, and you got to be like David. David was a, was a dude, he had a, he had a lot of problems. But one thing that, that, that David had, he's, he had a repentant heart. He sought God. And ask God to forgive him, to keep him, to communicate with the Lord. Leviticus 19, the Bible says, let's go back to Leviticus 19. Let's, let's go back there again real quick. Go. Leviticus 19, verse number 31 says, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to defile by, and be defiled by them. You see, be careful who you speak because you will be defiled. In other words, if you, if you, are, have, a, you have allowed yourself to uh, be attached to a uh, familiar spirit, the Bible talks about like being unto a can I just be honest? Is it okay to talk like the Bible talks? The Bible says it's unto a whore. You open yourself up to a spirit that will rob you of your innocence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mediums and familiar spirits and, and uh, forbids being involved. The Bible says, well, Deuteronomy and Leviticus forbids 
us to be involved in any kind of entertaining, any kind of familiar spirit. The Bible says they are an abomination unto the Lord. A medium is one who acts as a liaison to supposedly contact or communicate with the dead on behalf of the living. In reality, mediums are, are contacting demons who convince the mediums that they are familiar and be trusted and believed. That's why it's important to make sure that we are full of the presence of God and we have the armor of God on us so we don't get, get attacked by spirits in this world. I find that it's, um, we, we, again, I, I'm not saying somebody has a devil. I'm not saying anybody has a demon. But I'm, I know that there are times that people have allowed spirits to get a hold of them. Spirits to get a hold of them, and it starts to change their identity. It starts to change their, their, their personality. It begins to change their, the way they look at things, the way they respond to things, the way they, they approach things. And it's a spirit that all of a sudden you become very familiar with and be, have, now have an identity of that process of thinking. My wife has a book. I have not read it yet, and uh, it's in a good spot to remind me to read it. It's in the restroom, and um, it's, uh, it's called Switch on Your Brain. I think it is. Is that what it's called? Switch your brain on and switch on your brain. I don't want my brain switched on, so I haven't read it yet. But it's an interesting book. Uh, I've heard people talk about it, and it's about controlling your mind and being able to uh, uh, be, you know, to allow your mind to work to its greatest capacity. But we, we can allow our spirit and our mind to go places that really doesn't belong. And we can have, get, get attached to things. I, I find that I, I've prayed with several people. And I've, I'm starting to find a, a familiar spirit with people that I pray for. And I'll ask them, what's going on? What do you have need? What, what, what brought you here? What, 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 why did you call me? Why did we talk? In? And... It seems as though that many people will tell me, and I shouldn't say seems, I know this is the fact, that I have people tell me as recently as two times this uh, in the last week, that somebody, they'll say, I don't know how I got to where I'm at. I don't know. I don't know what happened. I used to live for the Lord. I used to have this life, and it was overcoming, but I don't know how I got to this place, that I'm so far from God, I can't feel the presence of God, I don't even know if he loves me, I don't even know if he cares, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, in other words, it's kind of like a prodigal spirit. Um, there's a lot of prodigals that are eating the husk with the pigs, and all of a sudden they, they, have, they have come to themselves, say, how did I get here? How, how did I get to eat with the, as a as, as, as Jew would look at a, uh, as a pig, as a, a filthy animal, as an unclean beast, but yet I am consuming the very thing that the unclean beast is consuming. I am, my belly is being filled with the husk of what the pigs are eating. And all of a sudden I am so far from my father's house. And I think that uh, it's the spirits of this world that attach to us. And our mind goes racing, our heart goes racing, our, 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 the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life go racing down a road that we're not prepared for. And then we will find ourselves 
in a place that is so far and we'll be in a strange land because we allowed certain spirits to guide us and control us. We think we have it under control, but in reality, that spirit has got us under control. And the only way to deny and to keep that at bay is to have a repentant life. Keep the word of God of alive in your life. The Bible teaches us that the Lord holds his word above his name. Therefore, we need to be in the word, right? We need to be touching the word of God. We need to be studying the word of God. It, and I understand this book is, 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 is big, it's vast, it's, it's beautiful, it's deep. Nobody will ever come to the full knowledge of everything that's in this book. But let me tell you something, a little bit a day will do you a whole lot of good. Because over a period of a few months, maybe in a week, days, God will grow something beautiful in you and you'll begin to have an appetite for the things of the word and you'll begin to see the spirits that have attached itself to you along the way familiar spirits are spirits that are under the control of the devil and I know this is kind of a um, this is not my normal kind of teaching um, I'm not uncomfortable. I just have not taught on this subject before. Because I have looked in my life, I have seen where I have the battle spirits. Um, I'll tell on myself, I used to have an anger problem. You're not supposed to react that way. You're not supposed to react that way. Uh, Dad will know that I, I, yeah, I had an anger problem. My wife will know early on in our marriage that I punched a few holes in the walls. I've turned the table over a time or two. I've kicked the car. Any other men in the room done that before? Nobody's, okay, thank you, Bill. He's with me. Everybody else is like, mm. What I found is that I had a spirit of anger, and I had to deal with it. And the only way that I could deal with that is tell it to the Lord. And to say, Lord, I don't want to be angry anymore. I'm tired of holding this. I'm tired of my heart being held hostage because what I would find is that that I would go days upon days and I could put a smile on my face, but my heart was angry. Right? So you can actually put on a facade and, and still have anger in your spirit. And in your, in your heart. And what I would allow the devil to do, and he would take control over certain areas. He would rob me of joy and peace in the home. He would rob me of different things that, that if I would have just, just surrendered that to the Lord earlier on, I think I would have been a whole lot better off. Well, I know I would have been a whole lot better off. But there was, there was a time that, that I, don't, I can't exactly know exactly what the exact time was, but I felt God just say, all right, you ready? I'm ready. I'm like, I'm ready. You ready? We kind of had a conversation. And the Lord just began to start to create in me a new heart, a new spirit. And what he did was allowed, put armor on me that, that when those things, when I would feel anger come upon me, God would arm me with the ability to push that back. Say, nope. I'm done with that. I'm not going to go down 
that road. I'm not going to respond like I used to respond. I'm not going to, to think like I used to think. I'm not going to act like I used to act. I'm not going to say the things that I used to say in a, in a fit of anger because I am a new creature in Christ Jesus, right? All things are passed away. All things have becoming new. So I learned how to battle that familiar spirit of anger. Now, yours may not be anger. Some of you maybe in this room battle lust, maybe battling, um, may have a, oh, I don't know, there's a smaller crowd. I just can't throw stuff out there. I think I'll be talking right to them. <laughs> you know, we have, each one of us have something that all of a sudden we'll think, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I was kind of dumb. And I find that what happens is, is we find ourselves going in a loop that we will just continue that behavior over and over and over again. It's repetitive behavior. It's behavior that we would be, be very sorry to, to express to the crowd that this is my problem, this is what I have to deal with. But let me tell you today, God does not want you to carry that and keep carrying that. There's something that is, that is, that is as a spirit in this world. It's a spirit that, that is attached with depression that puts on people. And uh, I, was, I was with another pastor uh, on Monday. And um, we, we spent three or four hours together talking about our churches, talking about how what God is doing and, and different things. And we began to talk about the, the things that, that we combat and the things that we, we have to talk to people about and try to encourage. And, and the landscape is very, is very much the same. The same spirits that they were preaching about and dealt with in the book of Acts are the same spirits that we have to deal with today. There's nothing's changed. It's guised itself in a different look, but it's still the same spirit. It's because that spirit still has the same author. Somebody say amen. It still has the same father, that spirit does. So we deal with the, with the father. And would somebody look up the scripture where this Bible says resist the devil? Somebody look up that scripture. I can't think of the, the scripture right offhand, but I want you somebody to look that up for me and be prepared to, to read that for me. Um, because there's something in the scripture that I don't think we really get the full context of what that scripture means um, because we, we forget it. Somebody got it? Come on, y'all. got Google and all this stuff here. You got, what is it? Resist the devil? How many, how many quote this second part? We forget the first part. You cannot resist the spirit of the devil if you don't submit yourself before God. I've said it in the pulpit, resist the devil, you'll flee from you. Well, yeah, but you forgot the submission. You forgot the repentance. You forgot to arm yourself. And this submit yourselves, therefore, before God can mean something a little bit different for everybody. We all have to repent, yeah, but there are certain things that we need to give wholly to the Lord and, and give completely to God. And everyone says, well, I, I, this person does great in this area, but this person does bad in that same area. So our submission needs to come fully before the Lord, and you cannot fight the spirit of the devil 
and the spirits of this world without submitting to God. Can't happen. Um, let's go back to Ephesians chapter number 6. And I have more scriptures here, but we'll try to wind this up in the next hour, an hour and a half. Who's, who's ready for a marathon? <laughs> had, a, had a friend of mine, he'd never preached before, and some of y'all know him, so I won't say his name. And uh, this was many years ago, and we were serving as, in a ministry together at a church, and the pastor says, told this gentleman, he said, I want you to preach this Sunday. And he had never, to my knowledge, preached on a, on a Sunday service before. And, and um, he got up to preach, and he went for an hour and 45 minutes on his first message. I never wanted to see that spirit of longevity before again. And uh, I think he had a lot of things to say that just didn't get a chance to say it. And the first thing the pastor said afterwards is like, you know, you know, about 15 minutes would have been just fine of that. And uh, he just went on and on and on. And uh, I've, I've teased him a few times about that. Um, Ephesians chapter number 6, is that where we were going? Is that what I said? Thank you. So when you try to equate... Um, how many know something that you, you, you deal with that you need God's help with? Anybody? Are we all, is there any perfect people in here? Or you just, you're okay. You know, you don't need God. Maybe this is not the church for you. I need God, so I need to be here. Um, there are certain things that each and every one of us deal with. Um, God can take care of that. He, he's, 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 he, he's got a, a storehouse full of blessings just ready and just ready to to bless us with those and to help us. But there is certain things that have to take place for us to combat those things. So we're going to look again at Ephesians chapter number 6. Um, skip over some of these other scriptures that we... Um, well, let me just say this. Deuteronomy chapter number 18 is where the scripture talks about um, if you or involved or, or, or being seduced or being involved in any kind of dealing with these familiar spirits, then um, uh, anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Um, when I've heard people say, well, I'm going to go talk to a psychic, you better be careful who you talk to. Psychics are nothing but the devil, y'all. And if they're not of the devil, they're a scam artist. You know, they've, they're just, they just they'll scam you. Uh, card reading is not of God, okay? Um, I don't know anybody that's done that in this place, at least I hope. But if, if you've done that, if you've not asked God to wash you of that, you need to ask God to wash you of that perversion and of that mentality. Um, it is nothing but witchcraft asking somebody to talk to somebody on the other side. Um, especially, well, I'll just leave it as that. All right, Ephesians chapter number 6. Um, this is, uh, this is interesting, um, but verse number, verse number one and two is also involved in this spiritual warfare. It's interesting that it starts with children obey your parents. 
for this is right. Now, many times we don't put, we read a chapter or a verse and then we negate and we don't think about what else is in that chapter. If something's in the same chapter or it's in the same sentence or paragraph, it's trying to get a message across and you kind of connect the dots there. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, uh, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, um, that it may be well with thee and thou mayest live long upon the earth. Those scriptures are, they prefix the rest. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, verse number seven, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not to them, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be bond or free. And ye masters, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, um, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. All these scriptures are before his final pronouncement in Ephesians chapter number six. My final words. I'm going to speak to you. Church, he says, Father, my brother, be strong in the power of his might. What armor do you not have on? What armor do you not apply in your life? Verse number 14. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Some, if you don't have the truth, you are unprepared for the battle of the spiritual warfare. You're unprepared. Having the breastplate of righteousness, if you're not living a righteous life, pursuing righteousness, you are unprepared for the fight of spiritual warfare. Having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and there's so much to these. I would love to do a weekly study and, and just get into each one of these and just, just, just so we could just kind of uncover each one of these. And, and there's so much here that we don't have time to get into it. But have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. How many like to have peace? Have your feet not being um, pushed. You don't have to be being, worried about being pushed back. You are planted. You're secure. I think I talked about this a little bit on a Wednesday night that the gospel that the warrior would have, uh, it's almost like uh, in the days of war that, that their feet shot with the gospel of peace. And the reason why they call, he called it that is because they almost had spikes. They were like cleats in a time of war. They'd actually put sharp stones on the bottom of their sandals so they could get a little grip when they stood against the enemy. They would, their feet wouldn't slip in the, in, in the dirt or in the grass or in the field, wherever they were, they were at war. Their feet would not give way. So he says, your feet will be shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace means it's in order. It's steadfast. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Some of us don't have enough faith. We don't pray in faith. We don't seek God in faith. We speak to God Hopeful thinking. We pray is like, God, I could really use a bailout here. I could use this. And you're probably not even listening to me. There's not enough faith in your prayer. Take the helmet of salvation, sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Some of us are not saved unto the, the knowledge of, of what you need. You haven't repented yet. Maybe you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name. Maybe you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost. Or maybe, maybe you have, but it's been a long time since you surrendered your life completely to the Lord. No wonder you're not winning the battle against the familiar spirits because you're not properly equipped. 
this all right teaching here tonight? You have to have the helmet of salvation. You're, you have to have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. If you're not in the Word of God, digesting some of the Word of God, doing the Word of God, then you are ill-equipped to fight the battle of the familiar spirit. Now, you don't have to go to see a, a psychic or go to see a, a, a witch doctor or something like that to, to get a familiar spirit. There are people that have spirits in this world that you allow the, yourself to get too close to them, then you will find yourself carrying that same attitude and same spirit, same thought pattern, same find that when I was in the workforce, the complaining people hung out with the complaining people. Oh, that's right. The people that were happy all the time hung out with the happy folk. The people that were, that always had something to say, hey, come over here. Be careful of that kind of spirit coming at you. Um, you know, be careful of somebody standing on one side and throwing stones at somebody else. Be careful of that person. Because you don't know exactly what they're going through. Now, I do know that there are times that we need to equip ourselves to, with knowledge to help people. And I, that's not what I'm saying here. I'm, talking, I'm dealing with a spirit that is unclean, that is coming out in this day that we live, that it is attaching itself to people. That's why that if it, the only way it cannot be attached to a mind is you got to have the helmet on. And, and, and when the devil does come up to attack us, we got the shield of faith and we got the sword of the spirit and we're planted. We're not going to be pushed back. Uh, the devil has no authority to push me anywhere. The only time that the devil, you can be scared of the devil is if you're not equipped. That's really the only problem. Because you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You got, the, you got the, uh, the, the, the word of God in your heart, and you are living God, and, and you are living righteous before the Lord. You have nothing to worry about, y'all. Nothing to be scared of. There's nothing to be afraid of. But when fear grips our heart, the Bible says this, that the, 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 what, what, what conquers fear? What is it? Perfect love casteth. Out all fear. Well, where's that perfect love? I have to arm myself with what? Love. So when I go to the Lord, and I, or that's what Saul obviously didn't have the love of God in him. He was despised, despising the Lord. He said, Lord, you're, you're not even hearing me. Do you understand that there are Philistines at our door right now? Do you, and you're not even talking to me? So then he would go to someplace to try to conjure up the dead, dead Samuel to try to hear a word. amazing what we'll do when we are frustrated at God. It's amazing what we will entertain when we get frustrated at God's well when we don't agree with what God has to say, it's amazing what we'll try to do because we don't see how God will do it. We don't understand why God puts us in perhaps situations and we'll try to escape and we'll try to do on our own. But like I said, Sunday, Sarah and Abram, my goodness, they birthed Ishmael. 
by allowing a spirit of confusion or a spirit of the lack of faith in God reach their heart. They birth an Ishmael. So what are, you, what are we talking about here? Well, we're, we're, we're basically dealing with spirits that want to attach itself to the church and to the people of God. Because here's what will happen. If we allow the spirits of this world to attach itself to the children of God, here's what takes place. We're divided. I said we get divided. Um, I'm so thankful Anna sent me a, a text, and she said about unity and how a unified body is a beautiful thing. And uh, immediately after I read that, I began to look at stories in the Bible of, about unity. And there are two things that come to mind quickly about, about unity. Um, and I don't know sure where I heard this, or, but it was at least quickened in my, in my mind that the two things that, one in the Old Testament, one in the New Testament happened when unity happened. Number one, the body of the children of Israel were um, uh, unified uh, because they wanted to build the Tower of Babel. And they wanted to reach the sky and all that stuff. And God confused their language. He said, we ain't going to have none of that. He says, when, when the people have a mind to work and have unity, they can do anything. Second thing, that was not of God for them to do that. But the second time, in the book of Acts, there was a time of unity. About 120 people were in an upper room. And they became unified in prayer. And God poured out the Holy Spirit upon that crowd, and they begin. They turn the world upside down. What happens when there's unity? We can be unified in division, or we can be unified in the faith of Jesus Christ. The choice that we have we have to make. So I'm talking about familiar serve, uh, familiar um, spirits. It's interesting. As I close here today, that again, the definition in the Latin means household servant. There are certain things that we have allowed in our home that we have become a servant of. Anger, distrust, disunity, um, hatred, jealousy, pride. All these spirits have attached, and we look at other people, we look at things through the lens of those spirits. We got to ask ourselves here tonight what has attached itself to me, and how can I allow the Lord to help me? Well, let me help you by answering the question. You need to repent. Say, God, I don't want to be angry anymore. God, I don't want to have jealous spirit anymore. I don't, I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want to be confused anymore. I don't want to have to deal with this pain anymore. I'm tired of dealing with depression. I'm tired of dealing with this addiction. I'm tired of doing this. God, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm sorry that it ever took place. I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. So I, I, I take ownership of it. God, forgive me. But that's where many people stop. They walk out and they feel better. And they forget to equip themselves with the armor of God. Get to pray. They forget to read the word. They forget to seek God. They forget to, to you know, put, put their, their gospel shoes on, if you will. And they fall right back to the familiar spirit again. I'm praying in, in, in that we don't breed that cycle over and over again. Amen.
find, if you stand with me, we find that Saul, his end was not very good because the promises of the Lord said if you get involved in that stuff, you will surely die and your generation. We find that his sons died and Saul died. Not great deaths. He, they died a terrible death. Saul was running away and was, I think, shot with an arrow going up the mountain. Fleeing. Sons died. There is a, a road that we will go down, and many will make excuses for that road, is because you've identified with those familiar spirits and you're holding on to that is your identity now. Well, you don't understand what I've gone through. Man, no, I don't, but you don't have to be angry about it. God can give you joy. God can give you peace. You don't understand my home life. No, I may not. But God said, whosoever will, let him come. And if you have a bad home life, God can, can, can forgive you. Then God will help equip you with what you need to stand in the face of that home said, I'm a child of God. You can say whatever you want. But we allow circumstances to dig when we're not armed properly. Somebody say amen. So we're going to pray. And I hope this message, this lesson made sense tonight. And um, we're going to pray. And I want you to, if, if there's something that you're dealing with, maybe it's a myriad of things. Maybe there's several things. But I want you to communicate to the Lord. Say, Lord, uh, I have this. I, and I repent and say, God, I need, I need your help. It has to be godly sorrow. It means you, do, you don't want to ever go back to that again. It's got to be complete repentance. It's not a 300. See, many people think repentance is 360 degrees. It's not. Then you're facing the same thing again. It's 180, right? You're walking away and walking a new path. Uh, we're walking a new way. Say, God, forgive me. I don't ever want to go back to this junk again. And then God, arm me with what I need to have to be equipped to fight the battle. He will give you grace. He'll give you mercy. Let's pray right now. Jesus, mighty God. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.